Inside Northwest Sports, Episode 7, recorded March 10th, 2016. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. To show your support, visit patreon.com forward slash Inside Northwest Sports to contribute. I'm joined here again today by William Shute to share his experiences coaching youth basketball in a low-income neighborhood here in Seattle. Uh, just, yeah, a team in the league. It's a Seattle Parks uh, Recreation League. And uh, this, this is the community center uh, in Magnuson Park, where the uh, Magnuson Park has uh, a number of low-income housing uh, units. And the charity that runs the housing, Solid Ground, uh, sponsored this team. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a bunch of kids that never played team sports before. Uh, most of them never played basketball before. And... Uh, it's a real new experience for everybody, and uh, they're playing against kids that have played together for quite some time, and uh, yeah, just kind of talking about the ups and downs as far as uh, some of the social problems that they face, some of their uh, the issues their parents uh, face, and uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of really interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, basically, I was coming in there as somebody that was trying to instill a little bit of discipline, and what happened was, you know everything from craziness to comedy. It was just, uh, it was just really funny. How old are these kids? Uh, they're high school age. So like 15 to 17. And, uh, the league is actually, we're, we're the highest level for, uh, kids, uh, age wise in the league. So every team we played is about a year older. They're about 16 and 17. We had like about half the kids in our team was 15. And, uh, cause that's all that really showed up, uh, you know, in the whole low-income complex, there was only about 13 or so kids that showed up, and we had to get a special, you know, dispensation to, to even stay in that division because uh, we didn't have enough older kids. Sure, and these kids aren't being served by high school then? Yeah, I mean, most of them, to be honest with you, uh, never had a chance to play high school ball, or they don't get along with the coach. Um, some of the kids aren't even at school. They got kicked out of school or they do drugs or, um, you know, just uh, aren't good enough to play high school ball. And yet, um, a lot of them think they're going to make the NBA. They, uh, you know, they think they're better than, I mean, a lot better than they are. And, uh, you know, craziness from fights on the sidelines during games to fighting other teammates outside. Uh, one of our kids wanted to fight one of the referees. I mean, it was, it was insane. It was, I think the story I'm trying to tell is that it was less about the basketball and more about trying to help out uh, some of these kids. Yeah, so do you have a specific story you'd want to get into there then? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was asked to, um, uh, you know, I live kind of close by in the community, and uh, I've been talking about volunteering for a while, and a couple of my neighbors basically submitted my name to the Magnuson Community Center, thinking I'd be interested in it without telling me. <laughs> and I get a call, and, uh, you know, the uh, community center director asked me if I wanted to coach. He's like... It was kind of funny. He said it's only, you know, about an hour of the week. It won't be a big deal. And uh, uh, now I laugh at that because, uh, you know, I spent way too much time on this, getting involved not only in the basketball side. This is the first time I've ever coached uh, young kids. I've worked in, you know, NCAA athletics for years, uh, mainly on the administrative side. But, uh, you know, uh, first time I've ever coached uh, teenagers. And um, I knew that it would be a lot of time. And, uh, 
from the basketball side to um, just dealing with so many of the problems they have and uh, trying to, you know, be an influence in their lives. Uh, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how it started. Most of these kids actually, I just, you know, not being an expert in basketball, but knowing enough about it, most of them wouldn't make uh, the high school teams anyway. Um, the, major- the majority of the kids that uh, are on the team, uh, I-, I was having, I was teaching them how to do proper layups. Uh, most of them didn't know how to box out. Um, most of them don't know some of the basics of basketball. And, you know, if I was, you know, recruiting a team, I wouldn't necessarily pick any of these kids. Um, but uh, from a basketball standpoint, from, you know, a life standpoint, <laughs> I picked them all. Um, you know, getting straight answers to them as far as why they didn't make their high school teams, at least the ones that showed interest in that, um, is very difficult. I had one kid tell me that he played on the freshman team for Rainier Beach, which is obviously one of the best uh, teams around, and I'm still trying to figure out if that's true or not. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting in that. In your day-to-day of, of coaching the team, what is it that makes you not want to do it? And then the second part of the question would be, what is what makes you want to do it? Um, I'll take the, the first part. What I didn't want is th- there's absolutely no discipline whatsoever. And this isn't the kid's fault. And it's not the parent's fault. It's just, I would say, a failure of society in general. Um, a lot of these kids uh, came from really abject poverty. Um, some of the kids' parents came from, you know, war-torn countries or immigrants. Uh, a lot of the kids are charged with taking care of brothers and sisters that their friends, you know, in high school don't have to deal with. Um, and the social skills just uh, are lacking for a lot of them. I would say most of them. Uh, for myself growing up, all the coaches that I had were strict disciplinarians. And if I said anything, you know, or gave a look or something like that, I would sit out of practice or even be suspended. Um, I created a two-page player code of conduct contract for these guys um, based on some of the college experiences I had, but also uh, just looking at some of the high school teams. And uh, so I suspended a kid here or there for, uh, you know, not showing up on time to practice or inappropriate language, behavior, things like that. And I had to literally throw the thing out after a couple of weeks because I would have no kids left on the team if I followed it. Um, you know, some of the names that I was called during the season, um, you know, for the second half of the season, we averaged only 3.9 kids showing up to practice. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't do anything. So I wanted to quit almost every single day. But then again, I also loved it. I love the fact that, I started earning their trust. I started hearing stories about their families. I started having kids come up to me and tell me, you know, for three hour conversations about, you know, some of their life problems. Uh, I helped out some kids with college information. Um, I took the time to print off all this NCAA information for kids that who believe they're going to play college basketball, but realistically have zero shot. Uh, but you know, you can't tell a kid you have no shot to play college basketball. So, um, I kind of played along with it. Um, you know, so it, it was a complete roller coaster. It was uh, being so frustrated with the fact that um, I didn't feel like I was getting through to them, but also on the other side, just uh, learning so much about life, so much about what kids go through um, that I would never have experienced if I didn't uh, get involved in this. Sure. And so what kind of support do you get from the community? Uh, 
pretty much zero. Um, the community center is incredible that they work at. Um, the two uh, individuals that kind of run the show over there, uh, actually three of them, uh, do such a great job with the kids uh, trying to, you know, basically give them a place to go. Um, and, you know, the Solid Ground, which is the um, nonprofit that sponsors this team, are incredible. They're the ones that do all the case management, uh, primarily for the uh, adults, but also for the kids. And they do um, an incredible job uh, trying to take care of them and take care of their needs. And, um, you know, as far as from a financial standpoint, there's really zero and, uh, you know, so these kids, again, are playing a lot of kids with money, a lot of teams that uh, have been together for a while. And, um, you know, it's kind of dealing with a lot of that. And these kids have experienced a lot of loss in their lives. So um, I put a lot of pressure on myself trying to win, which we didn't do a lot of. Um, and, uh, you know, because um, unfortunately, a lot of their self-esteem is tied up in victories, such as, you know, what occurs in sports. <laughs> So, uh, you know, and, you know, also another thing is I didn't see a lot of parents at games, unlike the other teams. Uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't see a lot of the community residents at games in the stands. And uh, that was a little unfortunate. But, um, you know, one of the tenets of my philosophy of the team is that I don't accept any excuses. Um, you know, yes, they don't have the greatest shoes in the world. Yes, they don't have the greatest gear, they don't have the greatest court, don't have the greatest everything. But, you know, I try to give them a lot of examples of, you know, NBA players, even CEOs that have grown up in a lot worse conditions that made it. So, you know, I wouldn't allow them to use excuses when they. These kids definitely need support. Um, you know, there's not a lot to play for if there's nobody to play for. Um, these kids have, uh, you know, so much energy and so much enthusiasm and, and a lot of needs that other people don't have. And, having support from people older than them, it, it, it's so huge. Um, the community center, the Madison Community Center is, you know, in need of a lot of funding. And they are building a brand new low-income housing complex right next door to the community center, which is going to have, I believe, 300 people. Um, the problem that we're having at that community center is that uh, a lot of the you know, rich white kids basically from up in the hill rent out the space, which pays for the community center and pays salaries and pays for, you know, staffing. And the kids that live literally right next door in the low-income housing complex, they don't have any opportunity to play. We practiced only two hours a week, and I never had a full court practice, not once. I never had a full scrimmage, not once. I guarantee the other community centers uh, didn't have that problem um, because, on the, you know, we went full court on a side court, but not a full court as in a game, not a single time. Um, you know, and that's, again, all due to funding, and it's, uh, it's incredibly unfortunate. Um, the need, this is something that I wouldn't have known until I started uh, volunteering, that the need for these kids, um, and it's not just time in the community center. One of the big uh, points of contention I had is that um, there's a massive differentiation between a drop-in program, allowing kids to just say, play pickup basketball, which is what they do anyway, um, and being on a team. Being on a team is massive to me and to a lot of other people in that there's rules, and you can learn from team sports. Uh, I'm a huge uh, supporter of that. 
I don't believe you can learn a lot just by, you know, running a court and just playing ball, but with your friends, uh, you know, kind of, uh, it, you know, it doesn't sound like there's a big differentiation, but it's really the massive one. And having a team and having things, you know, to look forward to is, uh, it, it's pretty huge. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of the, the financing and the support, then, so who, who controls that money? Who's making the decisions on, on how that's being divvied up? Is that a state legislature issue? Is that a city? Uh, yeah, this is a, the, the league that I was volunteering for is, is through Seattle city parks. So it's, you know, that's just in the city. Um, you know, we had a sponsor and it basically is just paying for uniforms and, uh, you know, I guess insurance forms and things like that. Um, you know, honestly, I don't know a lot about the funding. I do know that, um, you know, anytime there comes up a levy or something like that for, uh, helping out city parks, I've changed, you know, 180 degrees on this and I'm going to vote for every single one because, uh, the need is so great. You know, the alternative is kids running around the street, stealing stuff. And I, you know, people see that firsthand, you know, these kids have enough stigma that goes along with them living in this low income you know, environment uh, to begin with. And, you know, if you want to see them be healthy, productive members of society, you have to have a vibrant parks and community center system. Um, it's as simple as that. A lot of people don't think of stuff like this, but, uh, you know, some of these kids right now, uh, I mean, some of them aren't in school right now. Some of them have, you know, drug problems or social problems that we kind of just tend to forget until something happens. Um, you know, team sports can solve so many of these problems and it starts in community centers. Uh, you know, quite frankly, one of the things that I learned this season is I grew up in a, you know, a fairly wealthy environment, never needed to use a community center. I had everything I wanted and, you know, all the team sports were paid for by my parents and, uh, you know, we didn't need community support. Um, when you're in a situation like this in a low income, uh, you know, environment where parents can't afford the fees for, you know, we have arena sports right down the street and the Magnuson Athletic Club right down the street, which are, you know, two incredible uh, facilities, some of the best in the city, and these kids can't use it. Um, and it's really sad. And the community center has one basketball court. Um, and it has taken, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't have a percentage, but a massive amount of time it's taken by, uh, you know, some of the schools like Waldorf School and, uh, you know, Nathan Hale, I think, rents it out. And these kids live right down the street. They can't even use it. And, you know, they're stuck using the outdoor courts, which are actually pretty good in Madison Park. But, you know, it rains a lot. So Sure, yeah. Um, Seattle's not the perfect place for playground ball. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, some of the issues with, you know, with the kids, just some of the, the – the, I'm not really sure how to broach this as far as uh, – without violating privacy, but um, some of the things that happened during the season were, I mean, incredible, actually. Like, uh, some of the kids that showed up to the team couldn't do a layup. Now they can. They couldn't box out. Now they can. But also just getting them to think about college. I talked about college all the time. I actually ran this like a college team. I let them think, that you know, this is what they do in college because some of the stuff I brought from some of the universities that I worked in, and I'm just trying to get them to think about college being fun and attainable. You know, I talk about the fraternity system. I talk about, you know, games and, uh, you know, just how you can further your life because there's not a lot of that where they live. There's not a lot of that 
um, you know, pushing them towards, uh, you know, getting out of this environment. Um, you know, we had the majority of the time uh, for me with this team was not coaching. It was stopping fights. And, you know, <laughs> there was one kid that actually fought three times during one of the games. He fought one of our own players he fought one of the teammate, one of the teammates from the other team, and then he tried to fight the referee. And you know, and it's a true story. And you know, he, it was basically, you know, I was called every name in the book, and I'm still trying to figure out if that's because they didn't like me or that they respect me. The staff think that it thinks it's because they respect me, but I, I'm not so sure. You know, I'm one of them. Um, you know, I was called the N word. I don't know how many times, and uh, they use that word pretty much every other word, most of the kids, uh, it, it was just a, it was a total roller coaster of me trying to implement specific offenses, teaching them drills and just dealing with life issues. You know, I don't know how many conversations I had with kids, um, you know, after practice about just things like, you know, fathers in jail and, uh, you know, girlfriend issues and, um, you know, violence and drinking, you know, underage and smoking pot and just all this stuff. And, you know, I, like most coaches do, I kind of focused on the, the two or three kids that I had problems with um, and not enough on, you know, the kids that made just drastic changes. And, uh, you know, so it's, it, it was a total roller coaster of a season. And uh, I just, uh, but I loved it. I mean, I'm going to do it again and I'm going to continue to, uh, I, I completely now have kind of like the volunteer bug, I guess. And I'm going to try to see if I can get involved in indoor soccer here. And, uh, you know, definitely I'm trying to start a spring league and, uh, I want to start a summer, a summer camp with these kids also. So. Yeah. That sounds really rewarding actually. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you have some advice for people that might want to get involved with something like this in their own communities? Uh, definitely. I would say um, volunteer. I, I would say support your local community center. And I would try to uh, gravitate towards those that need it more. Um, again, they have a great nonprofit, uh, Solid Ground, that's uh, doing the best they can. And they have an incredible staff at the Magnuson Community Center. Um, it's obviously just a funding issue right now. It's, you know, the kids need more time. They need, uh, you know, no, more professionals helping them. And uh, so... I would, I mean, I've completely, I was one of the people that thought that giving money to programs was the, uh, you know, kind of like patting myself on the back, but it's, I think it's getting out and doing something and showing the kids, especially kids like this community, uh, just showing that you care and showing that, you know, society cares about you. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, I think it really means a lot to them. I mean, they won't admit it, but just knowing, uh, you know, knowing you're there is like a huge, a huge deal. Thanks again to my guest, William Shute. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and your favorite podcast app. Subscribe today.